0: Episode two of the SleepHawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro.
1: What's up, SleepHawk Nation? This is the Big Dog checking in from the dog pound with Sleep Dog.
0: Here I am, Sleep Dog. Episode two coming at you tonight. We're going to go over uh, UNC's resounding bounce back win over the Wolf Pack. Uh, we're going to take a look ahead at the next three games they've got coming up, which I think could lead to the college football playoff. Just saying. Uh, we're going to dive into a whole bunch of other topics. We're going to take a quick look at you know, what we think is coming. Basketball, UNC basketball, less than 30 days away. We're going to talk about Kanye West running for president don't know what that guy's thinking or anybody else is going to vote for him uh we're going to talk about the hit to Andy Dalton not sure if he knows what zip code he's in right now uh hope he's feeling better we'll talk about OBJ hit and a lot of other things that we got on our mind here uh and we're going to jump right into it first with um you know T what'd you think about us just come back and just thrashing the Wolfpack?
1: It was good for morale, Um, especially when you have an in-state rivalry such as state. And I'll be the first one to say there is nothing I like about state. I hate the color. I hate the school. I hate the fans say anything, and their mentality is we're as good or better than you. No, you're not. So we put them right in their place this week, and I loved it. And I loved what Sam Howell said after the game. Respect the guy even more. So uh, I thought it was great for everybody.
0: I loved it too, and also I should note that we are actually uh, shooting this as a, a prototype YouTube video, right? So, because one of the things we got is you guys wanted to see these two studs just like on the silver screen here, right? So we're, we deliver. Um, and uh, and and one of the things that uh, you know about that is any NC State fans are going to watch it. They're calling a foul on that dude. They call a foul if you breathe. Uh, that's that's the thing. I, I that's the thing I hate the most about. State fans is honestly, and we're all we're all this way, right? Like you know, homers or whatnot, right? But every time I go to a state game of any kind, anything that happens, man, anything that happens. Guy trips over his own two feet is a foul, or it's a you know it's a hold, or it's just it's just absurd. Anyway, you got the floor cleaned with you. Uh, State's had our number, you know they had beaten us uh, quite a few times. I put it on the Twitter feed. Uh, I was looking at some of the numbers. I think it was nine out of the last fourteen. Last three at home, we had lost to NC State. We did not lose to NC State in any way, shape, or form. Thirty-four yards on the ground, insane. I mean, just total thrashing, just like it's supposed to be. We put up 40 points on those dudes for the second year in a row. Uh, I mean, I think that we're just getting started on a run of, you know, just continued football dominance against the Wolfpack. The,
1: the good thing for me is and I'm not a big uh, college football, football expert, but I will say that, you know, anytime a team, especially a young team or a college team has a big loss on the road, uh, it's always good to see a bounce back game and the last loss not leading into a hangover into the next one, uh, especially a rivalry. And I didn't know the statistics to it. I didn't know that we lost that much to them. But I always thought a key to Carolina football is taking care of Duke, taking care of State. So, and with State having a good football program, let's not, let's not forget they've had some good good teams the past couple of years. This was a big win for us.
0: Yeah, it was, and I think um, you know what we've got now is a, a, a three-game stretch, right? Of all games that we should win, right? And um, we got the next game, I believe, is at Virginia, and that is my least favorite game in UNC history, in any sport, any anything. Football at Virginia is never good for us, so you know I'm almost happy that we already lost that Florida State game. Otherwise, this would absolutely be the trap game. I think we win that game going away. I think things are different now. We've got Duke and we've got uh, uh, some other scrubs. I can't remember who it is. Before we hit Notre Dame, Miami, uh, both of which games we're going to win convincingly, we're going to put ourselves back in the top five, and we're going to play Clemson for the ACC championship. I'll give you my prediction on that game when it happens, but I'm going to give you a a spoiler alert. We're going to win that game. We're going to the college football playoff
1: everybody will tell
0: you how do you win three games in a row
1: you win the first game then worry about the next game after so I think as an athlete I think you got to look at it from that perspective Um, and you know like I said again I do not know much about college uh, football but I think this was a good momentum for us to go into Virginia Virginia has a rich history of uh, football teams and it's not going to be an easy place to uh, play those fans are used to winning and when you win at a you know, when your fans are used to winning, it, it creates a winning culture. And anytime you have a winning culture, sometimes it makes things that much harder. Even though you might not have the talent, you might not have the uh, potential that some teams have, but you have the hunger, you have the expectations, and it's not going to be easy.
0: So let's move over from football, something you self-proclaimed don't know much about, something you do, hopefully better than anybody which is carolina basketball less than 30 days away um we've had a couple offline conversations about our thoughts on the team obviously last year is a season to forget although if there's one silver lining about 2020 it is covid just straight shutting down that nightmare uh ahead of time and us not having to deal with someone else winning the winning national championship that we just pretty much deserve every year so going into this year you know what are your expectations my expectations are
1: like every year uh, with UNC, and that's to have a chance to win the national championship. You don't come to UNC to make the tournament. You don't come here to make the lead eight, and I think Coach Williams would agree with me. Um, last year didn't go as expected. Um, things happen, and it, for whatever happened, it just wasn't the year we wanted. Um, and I've got the freshmen all lined up on my notes, and I'll just break them down one by one. But I think we have a lot of talent. I think this is the most talented freshman classes that we've had in a long time. And uh, if you look at Garrison, I think the one bright spot that we had from last year is you look at Garrison Brooks and his confidence and his ability to guard and play defense. I think that provided – hopefully that – I think that will lead into next year. He looks like he stepped up as a leader. And I really like what he gained from last year. Even though we've lost a lot of games and it was a discouraging year for a lot of fans, I think one thing, one bright spot we can look at is Garrison. And I expect him to be a big-time player for this team and uh, have a huge leadership role. But, you know, if you look at our freshmen, we have uh, Caleb Love, uh from Missouri, uh, high talent, uh, another ball handler, score mate. He can make plays, score the ball, also a very good leader. Then we have R.J. Davis, who does the same thing, handle the ball, rock, a lot of potential, very good, Uh, ability to get up and down the court very fast. And then you have uh, Kerwin Walton, who can really shoot the ball, has a very nice jump shot. He'll provide us with a lot of scoring and outside shooting at times, but uh, also we have Cam's... uh, Younger brother Puff, who I'm really excited about. Uh, I think one thing about Puff is his name. I think his name is great. Oh Man.
0: gosh! If only if only these kids could ice out before the game, dude. All I right. mean, it was just. I mean, we talked about it last week. It's, I think if there's anything the NCAA could do to start with, is just let kids wear gold chains. All right, let's just let's, let's just start there. Yeah, I agree.
1: Puff's got a, he's got a great name. Uh, also, he's got a great jump shot. And I think he's just like his brother. Uh, it's in the family. I think he's going to compete. Uh, one person I really am excited about are our two bigs, Dayron Sharp. Uh, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to add a physical body, very good rebounder, very good around the rim. Uh, I think he's going to provide a lot of big minutes. And then we have Walker Kessler, who is a solid seven one. Now, when you look at these rosters and you look at the height of people and then you look at the weight, sometimes you're like, "Uh, you know, is that guy really 6'10"? And you see him and you're like, there's no way he's 6'10". And then, you know, I looked at Walker and I heard he was 7'1". And I was like, "Uh, well, I'll see. Saw him in person. He is every 7'1", maybe 7'2". And I'm as excited about this freshman as I've been in a long time. He has great touch. He has – the height that you cannot coach. That's one thing about these seven-footers that are, you know, somewhat mobile and can move and do things is they have such an advantage with their height and to be around the rim. And also if you add great touch to that, it's a game changer. Um, you know, obviously he's a freshman. We we can't expect this guy to come out here and beat Dirk Nowinski every night. Uh, he is human. But I think um, – I'm really excited about him. I think he's going to do a lot of great things and, and provide this team with, uh, much needed, uh, you know, potential. But also one other thing, let's talk about, uh, we've had some injuries. I think Leaky um, could come in, provide, uh, depth off the bench or, you know, you come in and be a starter. He's got length. Uh, he's a wing. He provides rebounding. And I think defensively he's as good as they come. And I think offensively, if he gets his confidence, he could be a really good player too
0: and a big time impact player. I'd love to see him bounce back this year. I know that, you know, we, we kind of talked a little bit last week about how, you know, some of the toughest critics on the team can be their own fans, and I think last year uh, that sentiment couldn't have been truer than with Leaky Black. Um, you know, I, I he personally was one of my favorite guys on the team, you know, for whatever – for what reason, I don't know. I mean, I just like the guy. and I, I like the way he plays. I like his, his build. Uh, I think he's got a ton of potential. And, and, you know, he's just one of those guys that I feel like uh, is poised to – you know, I think he kind of – you know, I don't want to say hit rock bottom. That's not what I'm looking for. But you know, he he had a tough year last year. A lot of people were on his case. I think he he had a lot of pressure on him uh, because the team was struggling, and and everybody was looking to some sort of like caveat besides Cole Anthony in, in the in the front court, uh, or sorry, in the back court. But you know, I you know I hope to see him. You know. Come out of a shell. I love last year seeing Garrison Brooks. I mean, he was a monster last year. Baycott, I think he's going to bounce back. You know, he had a good year too, but I think you're going to see him evolve. Um, and you know, that's probably one of the most fun things to me about the evolution sort of of, of the, ath- a- the athlete in, in basketball is these guys you talk about. You know, Walker is, is their size and their, their athleticism at that size is just kind of astounding. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, last year was definitely an anomaly. Uh, there's a lot that, you know, we could pick apart about, you know, why we were in the situation that we were in. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you, you we're we're sort of spoiled uh, because every year in and year out the bar there's one bar and it's the national championship. And last year, you know, especially when we started out, somehow I think we were sixth in the country at one point last year, which was proved to be um, you know just a total farce. But you know, we, we had a had a down year. I mean, you you, you stack up. You know, year after year after year, you're just pumping out great teams. And, I mean, if you don't have a good one one year, especially in this culture of, you know, the one and done. And this is this is one thing I'll say. And I'll kind of – we'll move on. But one of the things I love most about Roy's approach, and this is my perception of it. So if I'm wrong, this is, this is a great uh, sort of topic to, to toss over to you, is what Roy seems to do is he's – don't get me wrong. If Zion Williamson says, I'm coming to UNC – we're all over it, right? We're, we're the happiest fan base in America, but I feel like what he's most most concerned about is give me three or four guys that are top 100 players that maybe actually aren't going to go pro soon uh, or or immediately, and because the one common denominator of all these like cinderella stories up through you know you're just great basketball teams is they have upperclassmen that have played together they're smart players i mean we were talking last night about or the the last episode about guys like marcus and Dion and bob i mean these guys aren't nba players they're outstanding college basketball players and they're in the same system bought in got the right mentality three four years there's a huge advantage over a team full of freshmen in my opinion
1: I totally agree. And if you look at my own 0-9 team, is I'm not sure we had one one and done on that team. Uh, I was a senior, you know, Dion uh, was a a junior at the time. Uh, he had Wayne
0: Ty. Um, Brendan Wright was the only one, right? Brendan Wright, on, but he uh, wasn't on the nine. Got it right, team. right,
1: right. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing is uh the one great thing about Coach Williams, there's there's no other coach in the world at any sport, and I'm very confident saying this. That prepares a team better than Coach Williams. There is no coach that has their practice plan written down to the second, to the minute, or as organized as Coach Williams. And when you have multiple years of somebody that prepares like that and thinks about practice like that, and then really cares and comes out every single day and tries to get the team just a little bit better, that, I mean, that, that is, uh, as a player, your growth as a team and player after a few years of that is, I mean, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and it really does a lot for the, the athlete and the player, not only on the court, but off the court too. And we're talking on the court, but what I'm saying is it it, it teaches discipline, it teaches winning plays, and it sets a standard for how we're going to play. And as young as we were last year, um, I really think there were some guys who needed a few more years of growth under that type of discipline or under that type of practice that to really see the results that the UNC fans wanted.
0: Would you say that Roy's more, I mean, cause I think, I think so many of the fans fall in love, especially in today's culture with, with like the, um, what is it, like the GIF or whatever, Roy, just going in there and like, I mean, I'm not even gonna, not even gonna criticize his, his uh, dance moves, but like, it seems like he's a perfect blend of, you know, just on your ass. Right. And then also, um, Relatable, and he's he's what seventy or, or, or close to it, and and these kids are further and further removed from you know the generation that that he's from, and I feel like he's you know is that an accurate assessment or
1: I would say that's when you have those two or three year college players that come in, and then they the freshmen watch how they you know let Coach Williams coach them. I think that has an effect, but also you got to take into uh, the results. I mean, Coach Williams wins. So You look at those three banners up there, I mean, that says something for itself. If you don't think what he's doing is working, then why are you here? It's proven. It's proven, proven to hang banners. It's proven to have pros come through the program. And I don't think at this point, I don't think Coach Williams has anything to prove. I think what he does has proved itself. So when you come to North Carolina, you've already bought into what he wants to do. And I would say there is no – I don't think there's any – any coach in the country that gives his players more freedom on the court. He loves to run. He's all about, you know, letting players do what players do. And I think that's what makes Coach Williams so so relatable and, you know, obviously a great coach.
0: Do you guys really take the uh, rims off the backboard? If um, we've heard, I've heard those stories before where if you play – what is it? Uh, don't rebound. You just take the rims off and just rebound all practice. Is that a true story or, like, just embellished by it? That is 100% true. Like uh, what is what does a practice look like? That sounds like the top five most miserable thing I could possibly do is uh, well, well. First of all, just play basketball in general. But second of all, go to practice for two or three hours and like never get to shoot. Like what? What? Like please walk me through what it's like when you it, do you just like walk out on the court and you're like ah oh, shit man there ain't no rims here we're in <laughs> trouble or is it like you know yeah walk me through that. I it's
1: know. it's not like it comes out of blue. Uh, I think this started in. Uh, with the 0-5 team when they lost to Santa Clara. I think it might have been, I'm not sure, right before Maui or something like that. Or, you know, it was a big loss, um, I think, on the 0-5 team, and they came back to practice. And Coach said, to "Me we're having practice in the practice gym. You look at the practice plan, which he has everything mapped out, and you guys know that, and the players just posted in the locker room. They went to the practice gym, and there was no rims in the practice gym at all. All defensive, all rebounding, old school – uh, You know, so you know, you know something was going to happen uh, after a big loss like that. And I remember, I think my freshman year, we lost to Miami, and uh, we had drill day Miami. It was literally defensive slides um, for five minutes, but it was periodically throughout the whole practice. It wasn't just like drill day Miami, one section. It was, you look at the plan, fast break drill, number one, three, drill day Miami, defensive breakdowns than Drill Day Miami. So you'd see it throughout the whole thing. And it's just reinforcing, hey, we lost to Miami. We should win that game. Uh, this is what we did wrong. And this is what we're going to do better next next time we play them or next game. And, you know, stuff like that that college kids, I feel like, need.
0: And, and one last topic on Roy particularly uh, that I think – you know, anybody, any fan, anybody listening, every every uh, every couch coach like me uh, is just dying to know. So Roy gets, you know, I think if there's one criticism of Roy, it's been his propensity to not call timeout in certain places, right? And I think that everybody, all the fans, you know, I always try to fall back. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, you should have called timeout there. But then I have to also say, like, I also haven't won, what, 75% of the college basketball games I've ever coached. Like, I'm not all – you know, all these sorts of things. Like, is there something that that we as fans are missing in that situation? Or is it just, you know, hey, man, look, dude's human too. And sometimes, like, the game can get ahead of you or, or whatever and you just miss one every now and then.
1: Um, I'm going to pour a whiskey. So if you hear the noise, it's the bottle popping. There's no better <laughs> noise in the world. Uh, is a poor – Poor Pop. Uh, No, I hear, listen. I think also it's when you're Coach Williams and you have a fan that tells you something, it's almost laughable because in your mind, listen, nobody, you haven't dissected as much film as I have. You haven't practiced like I have. You haven't been dedicated to this game the way I have. Who are you to tell me to call a timeout? And I think years of people have – have telling Coach Williams, and he may not want me to say this, he may get mad, but, you know, hey, I'm not going to call a timeout because I don't want to call a timeout. I'm not like, hey, I just don't call timeouts. Like, that is one thing you know is as a player, no, I'm not going to bail you out. Fight your way out of this. And it's always been like that. And, listen, if you're a UNC fan out there and you think that there's going to be a call timeout, like they're going to call a timeout when you want to call a timeout at this point, I'm going to go ahead and save you the blood pressure and the anger. Just let it rest. There's not going to be a timeout. We're going to be in this hole. We're going to get out of it, or we're going to just dig our deeper hole. So um, that is somewhat of an answer, but it's not the answer everybody wants.
0: Well, and I also think – and, of course, you're going to – there's you know, there's plenty of arguments like, well, you know, when we, when we really just got housed by Kansas in the Final Four, for example. This this really doesn't qualify What well, year was situation. that? That was uh, – I was on the team. It was 08. Um. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, but, you know, but my point that, you know, that game notwithstanding, you know, sometimes I wonder, especially in some of these regular season games, is Roy the kind of guy that would literally in the moment say, you know what, my kids, and this was going to sound probably a little sappy or something, and that's not where I'm really trying to go, but, like, is Roy the kind of guy that's like, you know what, my kids are going to learn a lot more from this about life, if I just let them learn and and let them, you know, hey, win or lose the game, I've won a thousand games. It doesn't matter what, however many. Um, you think that comes in at all, or is it always about the scoreboard? Is it always about basketball?
1: I don't. I listen. I've I know Coach Williams. I think pretty well. It's about winning. He wants to win. Uh, It's never. I don't think it's ever been about that. But I think it's just it's just part of his program and. uh, That's just what he does. I don't think it's not going to change, but you know, it's you could dissect the game and say at any point you should have done this. It's all like Monday coaching, right? So the game's on Sunday. Then you have you should have done this from everybody on Monday. Yeah, it's easy to say that, but uh, you know, it also you know you look at it. Coach Williams' teams, I would say, is probably the best-conditioned team in. College basketball, why would you call a timeout and give the other team a rest? Yeah, that's true. And that's what it
0: all boils down to, too.
1: At some point, you know, you feel like if you look at traditionally, a lot of Carolina teams have just buried people in the second half because they just couldn't sustain that type of running and they weren't in that good of condition. And, you know, that that could go and that could factor into it a little bit, too.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the last, you know, one of the other things is. You know, who's to say? I'm sure nobody's really sat there and counted all the times we didn't call timeout and things went great and won. Nobody, nobody's saying, that's oh, a good thing we didn't call timeout there. Everybody, you know, is obviously focusing on, on those losses. But anyway, it's just, it's a common thread and it's an <laughs> interesting uh, point of conversation. I mean, for me personally, at the end, Anytime I'm second-guessing Roy Williams, I'm always like, hey, man, um, there's a reason you're doing the Sleep Hawk Worldwide podcast. I mean, as great as that's going to be, like, you're, you're also not. Um, I was the worst player on the worst team in the state of North Carolina as a freshman in high school, by the way.
1: Maybe we get Coach Williams on here. Maybe we be like, hey – Ten bucks says I don't ask him that question. Why in the, I'll ask him, like, why in the, why in the hell do you not – guys, if, you, if there's any sleepwalk people out there think that I'm going to ask Coach Williams, why in the hell don't you call a timeout? That will not be part of the question <laughs> or on the itinerary. <laughs> so maybe we never, never find out. Maybe we leave it as a mystery. Hopefully one day we get some clarity. Yeah, Roy
0: comes on here. I'm just feeding softballs all day long. The only thing I want to know right now about Roy is uh, tell us about your typical – round of golf with Roy like the funniest thing to me was you said you know he plays early as hell because you know obviously he doesn't want people aggravating him um and anytime I've ever played with you you got to play with coach the next day you're like man I gotta be here at what like <laughs> the sun comes up I mean there's probably probably do on the ground for the first 17 hole
1: I think one time we were playing at seven I showed up probably like I don't know six or something like that and uh I wanted to make sure I had my game ready when you play golf with Coach Williams, uh, you play fast. He does not like don't overthink it. You get up there and listen. If you're sitting here grinding out over a, you know, triple quadruple bogey, go ahead and put that ball in your pocket. Save everybody some time uh, because if you're the type of person that plays it through, even if you, you know, if you're going to shoot like an eight on a hole and you're practice chipping on the fringe. Uh, that will be the last time you play with Coach Williams. Um, but I will say this. Uh, if everyone asking about if you're curious if Coach Williams is a good golfer, um, doesn't miss a fairway, very solid. There is nobody that hits it straighter than Coach Williams off the tee box. Um, and he is an unbelievable putter. And that's two good combinations when you talk about golf. Um, he is a very, very good putter.
0: So, last question about Roy, then we'll move on to our next topic. Story from last week, remove Tyler, say it's, say it's Roy Williams, and old Sleep Dog hits a snap hook over there, about, uh, about 30-06 coming right at his forehead. What happens to Sleep Dog? I think Coach Williams laughs about it. Uh... Maybe. No, if you take him out, there won't be a laugh. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'd be be exiled from – I would never cross the state border again, that's for sure, on the way in. No, I think you'd have a fun
1: time with Coach Williams. Uh, The thing about Coach Williams is, you know, he knows people get a little tight around him sometimes. And he knows I get tight around him, especially when I'm golfing, because, listen, I'm not the best golfer. And when you put me under pressure on the golf course – and then you add Coach Williams who likes to play fast and you don't want to – you know, you have all those memories of that coach putting you on the line for 33s and then you have a lot of respect for somebody. You just don't want to mess up his round. So there's a lot of – there's a lot more balls that go in my pocket playing with Coach Williams because you wouldn't grind them out. You're not taking your practice swings. Uh, it's – you know, it's much more enjoyable than playing with Cam. Uh He's not as up I mean, there's no our best friend Cam, how we met on the golf course. Listen, if you can play with Cam, you can play with Coach play with Williams easy. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. mean Yeah, I mean you talk about a guy who doesn't talk to you in a golf round is is Cam Sexton. And and you can be like, Hey Cam, how's your day? Good. Yeah, Coach Williams will talk to you, he'll laugh to you. Things like that. You know, everything that you want to know on the golf course and have a good time, have a good round. That's great. That's what Coach Williams is about.
0: A recurring theme on this show, you'll find, is, is everybody's going to get to know Cam, whether we ever have Cam on here or not. But shout out to Cam. Because the thing that was said immediately after we turned the mic off last time, Tyler looked at me and said, damn sleep. I don't know if Cam's ever going to talk to us again. And I was like, I don't know. You're right, Big Hawk. Might not. And, and true to form man, the one thing, we dogged Cam for like a half an hour. And he was probably of of all the support that I got, and there was a lot of it. None more than from Cam, and so shout out Cam. Uh, I think that's the, the the nicest you've ever been to either one of us. Uh, we appreciate it. We don't care about you at all whatsoever, um, but we do appreciate the uh, the shout out there, and hope to have you on the on the show someday because uh, you know. You definitely got a lot of stories to tell. We might need to get to sign a – you might have to sign a little NDA, a little <laughs> waiver before you come on here and talk about us. But uh, it would be one-way NDA. Went. might have to have the audience or you guys drink a little
1: coffee so you don't go to sleep either. Yeah. Uh, we'll chime in. Me and Sleep will tell some jokes to we'll wake you all up and then let Cam have at it.
0: Somebody else that uh, took a little nap, and I don't mean that. Yeah, I mean that's kind of probably a messed up way to say it. Andy Dalton. Uh, I'm a big Washington football team fan. It's been a curse uh, my entire life. I've never hated a team that I'm supposed to like more than the Washington football team. Name notwithstanding, we all know that punchline. They're so bad. They're like, I know the good players and some of the some of the, you know, the middle of the road players that I used to know I don't anymore. Uh, but my man 53, I think it's Bostick, John Bostick. John Bostick just clobbered Andy Dalton. I saw that he didn't get punished. I haven't followed that that closely. Hit looked mean. Uh, not an Andy Dalton fan, not a Cowboys fan, but never want to see never want to see that happen. um dude, that was scary.
1: What do you think you think he should be uh, suspended?
0: oh man, based on what I saw, it's hard not to I mean like even this is some of the thing about the rules that I feel like the NFL is trying to implement is that even if you didn't mean to, even if it wasn't on purpose, like you still have to pay the consequence, right like if if I didn't mean to hit somebody in a crosswalk with my car, but they got hurt, I mean, I'm still in trouble, right? And I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like you can't let that one go. I that, that that just looked ugly.
1: Here's my issue with it uh, on multiple levels. This is the new NFL, and the reason it's a new NFL, because science has proven that concussions and uh, head traumas leads to serious injuries down the line. And you have this long list of, NFL players who have come out with all these issues and the NFL basically tried to suppress, suppress those voices to an extent. And then you have people, you know, you see the NFL trying to make a movement towards that. And are we serious about this or not? Because this, I mean, we talk about, you know, targeting and we talk about protecting the players and after watching and hearing from multiple players, former players, to me, that looked like a, that looked like a, he intended to take him out. There's no place for sport, and I will tell you this: I've been on the the other. I've been on the Andy Dalton side where I've taken some hits intentionally. And there's no place for the game, any sport like that. And can you imagine what if this? What if that was Tom Brady? What if that was Aaron Rodgers? What if that was uh, Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. I mean, what I mean, what does the NFL do? You think? Because it's Andy Dalton the backup that it's the punishment. Ah, oh, we'll just rub
0: this. What if that ended Tom Brady's career right there? That's a great point, and I think you know because because you, you got a guy like Tom Brady that's probably getting to the end of it anyway. And who was the last player? There was a there was a player. Um, the name's evading me right now. But you've had a there have been players that have sort of like this concussion issue over a long period of time, and they can't quite get back to. It. It'd be interesting to see. Obviously, hopefully, you see Andy Dalton yeah. back under center for a number of reasons. <laughs> For the Cowboys next week, right? But it, it didn't look like it, right? And um, and you're exactly right. I mean, it was just an egregious play, man. There's no place for it, and it's it's easy for us as fans again, like to to forget the fact that these guys are human, man. This guy's probably got. Kids and a wife and all this sort of stuff. I mean, that's what's fascinating to me is like put yourself in the, in the human position here, right? I get that this dude's NFL. He's millionaire. He's made all this money. He's famous. He's all that sort of things. But at the end of the day, and you can speak to this more than the average person can, like, man, that guy still got to go home to his family too. And you know, you're jeopardizing, you're putting someone like that in harm's way, not just to in their NFL career and their ability to earn for whatever time they have left. But man, to to do the the simple things that you know a lot of people take for granted, we're
1: forgetting this is Andy Dalton. This isn't even a scrambler. He was giving himself up. If Andy Dalton was some amazing scrambler that had a tendency to rush for a lot of yards, put his head down, Cam Newton his way into the you know to the touchdown, then I think it's different. But this guy was, this guy has no. I guarantee you, the scouting report of Andy Dalton is. Hey, listen, we got to take this guy out before he lets his feet loose because he can, he can really leave us in the backfield if we yeah, don't take him out. Could, this
0: guy could dust us yeah. if we ain't paying attention, right? Okay, yeah. sure. and So could a refrigerator.
1: And let me tell you, I can speak to concussions about as good as anybody. I had one I sat out for 10 months. And people, people talk about issues. I've also had three screws put in my left knee. And if I had to do it over again – I put a screw in every every joint in my body than to go through what I did with that concussion. And people who talk about this, that's the way the NFL is. They need to see hits like that. Listen, guys are bigger than they've ever been, stronger than they've ever been, faster than they've ever been. No, no they don't. They're not hitting like this. They were not trained like this back in the day. This is like you haven't experienced what those head traumas can do to a person. And I think that's what science is proving. And I would like to see – if it was up to me, this guy would be done for five games. And I wouldn't even blink my eye. And if the NFL truly wants to make a stance on this and talk about head injuries and take this stuff serious, then, hey, there's no room in the game for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you saw it with Garrett. I mean, my next question kind of goes to like, okay, well, if if, if John Bostic was Miles Garrett, right? But Miles Garrett swung his helmet at a – what was what was Mason Rudolph at that point like an eighth string quarterback, you know? Um, and they, what did they suspended him forever? I mean, it was a long suspension, maybe the rest of the season. I don't remember. Uh, As the Browns, so who cares? Um, <laughs> well, somehow the Browns are five and one right now. This is insane. But anyway, you know, so I think there's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of double standards there. I think you're exactly right. It's a serious issue. Uh, Segway Antonio Brown. That's coming up. Uh, but I think you see with Antonio Brown some of the residual issue of sort of this mental health thing. You know, uh, I mean, at least I hope it's a mental health thing because if anybody acts like that and they're normal, like they ain't normal, right? But anyway.
1: Yeah, I think uh, – well, the thing is like A.B. signed to the Bucks. When When I actually saw it, I was like, hey, I think this is a great signing. And the reason I said that is because you don't need to put a guy like Antonio Brown on – you know, when he was at Oakland, he was a man like, hey, we're going to watch Antonio Brown. When you see him on the Bucks, you can be like, man, this guy, we're going to watch Tom Brady. This isn't Antonio Brown's team. This is Tom Brady. They don't need Antonio Brown. And to add another weapon to a guy that's proven like Tom Brady and he's such a great leader, I, I'm curious to see what can happen. If this guy can uh, calm down with some of his antics and really, truly – become the receiver that all the fans like to watch that doesn't bring the fireworks and all the drama and really buckles down and plays football. I think it could be a scary combo.
0: So here's Arian said, you know, that, that Antonio Brown has matured and, you know, Antonio, man, in case you're listening, I'm going to apologize in advance. Um, Antonio Brown was one of my favorite players in the NFL. I mean, it's I'm one of those guys. Like, all my friends know, like, for example, and I probably mentioned about seven times in the last pod, but Le, LeBron James, like, I just – I like watching great players. I don't have a, a super – sworn. if you're a Washington football fan, man, you got, you got Chase Young and that's about it. Like, you, I don't have, like, a sworn allegiance to a player because all of my teams – except Carolina suck, and, of course, Carolina recycles players every four years. But Antonio Brown is just one of those guys is so much fun to watch because he's electric. And for me, like me personally, he just trashed that with his just like – even when he went to Oakland at first and they did the whole hard knocks, man, I was watching it, I was loving it, and he got into this weird thing about the helmet, and then it just spiraled out of control, and I'm like, dude, you're a douchebag. You know, like get it together, man. Like you got all this money, you got all this fame and stuff. And look, man, you're, I get it, right? I'm not in this position, so who am I to comment on what this guy's doing? But for example, like I root for a guy like Josh Gordon a lot more than I root for a guy like Antonio Brown. So I feel like Josh Gordon has a has a problem that maybe is beyond his control, and I feel like Antonio Brown has a problem that is within his control. And I'm quite frankly, I'm I'm probably wrong about that. But, you know, the same thing, Antonio Brown sort of shows me that, hey, dude, like, I'm here to play. Because in the one game, he played with the with the, with the the Pats. He had, like, 90 yards and a touchdown or something like that. I mean, solid.
1: And, and, you know, the thing is, like, we don't know what's going on with Antonio Brown. We don't know if he's going through something. But it's always weird, you know, when you're a teammate with somebody and then everyone labels, like, man, this guy is crazy. He could be the most normal guy in the locker room and then just go on – like this weird tangent whenever he's outside of the locker room or the the atmosphere of the team, Very and true. you're just like, who is this guy? And you can't believe some of those things, but you know we don't know what's going on. But if this thing works out, I mean, buckle up because this could they, they adding weapons to possibly the greatest quarterback to ever play, and. Possibly, I mean, you can make an argument that Antonio Brown, potential-wise, he could be. You can make an argument he's one of the best receivers uh, to play.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely could. Uh, numbers, talent—you know—he's you know, he's a specimen, and um, it'll be really interesting to see. I know he got gobbled up in my fantasy league. Uh, it could be a good buy. in DraftKings. I know we talked about that. Uh, DraftKings not paying us any money. They probably should be uh, because we're gonna we're gonna spin up a. Uh, legendary yeah we need uh, to get a group out team. here
1: uh, so you guys come join us uh, eventually we'll get a little group on sleephawk or you know on draft kings going and uh, we'd love to compete with you guys and you guys could laugh at us and possibly take our money or no, we'll we laugh get yours. Bank.
0: you know i mean we'll probably take yours the one thing I'll, I'll support antonio brown through and through on and we talked about it last week is just ice level 10 of 10
1: this Listen, this guy is hilarious on other levels. Not only does he have ice, go to YouTube and look at his rap videos. I mean, that is – I don't know if you've seen Antonio Brown's rap videos, but – I mean, this guy – I saw one. It is
0: god-awful.
1: It, it might be bad, but it's funny. To the point that
0: it's great. Yeah, I mean, about as good as a collab between – Sleep dog and the big hawk. I mean, come on, bro. Like, Antonio, you got a lot of things going for you, bro, but rap career, not one of them. So anyway, uh, yeah, Antonio Brown be interesting to see. Uh, hopefully, Andy Dalton's feeling better. Uh, we got the uh, The Bachelor on tonight. We've got the World Series on tonight. Not sure which one's worse. I got convinced by my friends to come over here and watch The Bachelor because I thought it was the one. With the one guy and like 100 girls, turns out it's one girl, 100 guys, the girl's 40, not a big fan. Um, haven't watched it, probably won't watch it. Uh, but nonetheless, it's current event, uh, which we have promised to, to cover here. And um, yeah, I don't know, T, you, 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 you got to wake up on me on that one, dude.
1: Listen, I'll give you guys a little bra- breakdown. Uh, high quality drama. I don't know. I mean, we might have to get some analysts on here that knows. I mean, I've watched a few of the bachelors, bachelorettes, whatever they are. Uh, But I will say, uh, slim Pickens. This is the COVID crisis, and I think Bachelor has a bachelor crisis going on right now. And, I mean, you you take a bunch of, you know, people who've been stuck inside, and this is a girl that you provide
0: them with, and – I daisies. We
1: <laughs> got an interesting show. As well, a
0: man that has never, literally, ever seen probably through an, an entire episode, because uh, sleep ain't no sound. Sleep ain't watching. That's the why
1: hey, you. Can, I listen. Sleep is not a sound. No, no sound. Period. No that's sim. why you won't find sleep on the Bachelor, Bachelorette, whatever. And here's the thing: is you take any group of guys lock them up in some dormitory-style setting, put cameras around them, give them this attention, and then bring a one girl out there. Just one girl. Good God, what do you expect? I mean, and let's – I don't give a – I don't i don't care if they pull her out of a, a fucking nursing home. This girl is going to look like Cindy Crawford in the fucking 90s. Uh, we'll see how this thing plays out.
0: wouldn't know if she fell out of the sky. I got no idea. And, and one thing we want to say, ladies, like honestly, is – one thing that, you know, we, we we talk a lot about guy stuff and we want to be, you know, we're, we're having a good time. We're having a lot of fun. Uh One of the things that I, I think we should and need to get out there is that Big Hawk and I 100% support, you know, this whole – women's movement and empowerment thing going on right now. So so please take anything that we say about <laughs> this bachelorette as, as nothing but fun and, and games. But yeah, man, I mean she's thirty nine years yeah, old. Yeah, she think. she's
1: older for the bachelor history of the the age that they have on the cougar. Yeah, she is a cougar and listen, I will say this. Listen, ladies or guys, um, Yo, know, we're not about we're about this movement forever. We we want everything. I mean, it is not just like don't get this twisted. We're not the most politically correct people. So if listen, if you're looking for that, please don't please don't hold us accountable. Waiver right now. Um, but no, I mean they can do much better than that. Uh, but you know, everybody deserves love.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I'll tell you, dude, I'm going through the, uh, through the online dating thing, and we're not going to stay on it long, promise, because uh, I don't want to, mainly, uh, but it's a real-life bachelor, bachelorette situation, man. I'm telling you, man, look, ladies i'm not sure what you think is going on with men from what i understand there are uh uh, many men with their shirts off in the bathroom uh which is weird because i've never done that there's many men holding up big ass fish which is weird because i've never done i don't even like fish i ain't never i don't like holding them i don't like worms i don't like any of that stuff uh i'll go outdoors such as i don't have to touch or see any like wildlife um but, man, that's what it's become is it's like all this sort of stuff is, you know, but, you know, I, yeah, sleep ain't no simp. So I just say, hey, if, you, if, you, if uh, you know, it starts feeling too bacheloresque for me, man, I just, I just bail. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's comical to me how, how this show, this weird-ass show has influenced. Like I was talking to this girl recently, and she was telling me about how um, – you know, her and her friends get together, and man, all I do is just close my eyes and envision these girls just sitting around sharing all their like 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 dating profile connections and just feel like they are bachelorettes and uh guys don't do that, but at the same time, I'm sure guys bro out over like you know uh, uh a few crispy boys and like like talk the same listen sort of we stuff. don't do
1: that, but no. we know we know we know it's out there we know what's out there, and also. Listen, we're out of that. I feel like it's like about I think we missed that cutoff maybe by about ten years.
0: By the skin of our teeth, really.
1: And I think it's now it's not about a personality. It's not about like a who can post the coolest stuff is what's really willing in these some like somehow, you know, they have forgotten like the connection between people and they look at uh, likes post how good you can look on the internet hey how about this build a connection like let's go do some fun stuff put the phone down uh instead of this instagram like post how many followers you have world that we live in now
0: yeah i mean you got to learn how to edit your pictures apparently and it took me I don't know, forty-five minutes to figure out how to record on the microphone here. So, like editing my editing a six-pack and like getting that like you know that light and right like that that filter, uh, not happening for me. So anybody that you know comes across my uh, my little uh, my my couple shots there, like you know, my bad, but take me as I am because I tell you one thing: you're getting with little sleep dog, you're gonna laugh. No doubt about. Yeah, it. you're
1: gonna laugh and listen. I haven't edited anything ever, Mm-mm. and we're not even talking about book reports in fifth grade. <laughs> I didn't edit those things either. So don't even expect. Hell, I didn't even any- edit news- <laughs> <laughs> don't expect. How was the editor? <laughs> don't expect any editing on my behalf. Plus, I gotta. I'm not looking for anything currently. Uh, uh, a taking man. Oh yeah. All right.
0: So hey, last thing, man. Kanye's running for president. Tell me about it.
1: Listen, uh, back to you know people have talked about this mental health stuff. I listened to Kanye on Joe Rogan and uh Con- I think Kanye clicks at a level that people sometimes can't comprehend. And the thing that I like about Kanye running for president is if this was like a third grader or like a fourth grader we'd all support him and stuff. But this is a man like I mean this is this a is a rich man. Very rich, uh success proven. And you know, you can make an argument like Kanye's ego is the way it was what has like that's what is like, that's Kanye. That's what's made Kanye Kanye. Dude made a song about it. Yeah, and so here, I listened to him on Joe Rogan. I was like, man, Kanye's not as out there as I thought he was going to be. And, you know, just listen to him a little bit. So what if he wants to run for president? Like, what is the harm in him running for president?
0: Everybody's got the right to do it. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah, you know what I think it is? I think he has a courage to... Uh, admit that he wants to run for president. I think that's what gets people upset, is that a lot of people at his level, well, not his level, but a lot of people just in life, when they hit that age, instead of having that uh, young mentality that we all have in fourth or fifth grade, I can be whatever, it seems like when you get older, people try to bring you back into reality and be like, no, you can't do that. And I think Kanye's like, no, I can do that.
0: Here's what I will say about Kanye. I think a lot of the reason why, you know, I think the biggest complaint about politics today is that, like, how could we not get a better candidate? And this is, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, I've heard this from everybody. How can we not get a better candidate than what we've got to choose from? And that's not just the two presidential candidates, that you look at the whole list of everybody that's, that's vying for the, for the ticket, right? And the reason why is because they know. That everything that they've accomplished is going to get called into question. They're going to get drawn through the mud. They're going to have every freaking nook and cranny of their entire lives just like examined to the nth degree. Uh, any woman scorned or man scorned is going to get you know brought out in the light, and you're going to see that, right? And so I think most people are like, "Why would I do that? I've got all this power. I've got all this money. I've got this great lifestyle. Why would I? Why would I sign up for a government job?" Right, and I think – so the one thing I will say about Kanye is, you know, right, wrong, or otherwise, he's basically looked those things in the face and was like, hey, man, I'll do it.
1: Agree. That's what makes Kanye Kanye, in my opinion. And um, I thought (laughs) when he said he's running, I I laughed uh, literally because I thought it was hilarious. But, um, yeah, I mean, everybody's got their far out there kind of dreams.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Far out there, uh, to say the least, with Kanye. Well – Listen, everybody. We've had a lot of support over the last week. We really appreciate it. We are constantly trying to improve and make things better. It's at SleepHawk Worldwide on Instagram, at SleepHawk WW on Twitter. We're not on Facebook because Facebook is weird. Um, you know, hit us up. Let us know what you want us to cover. We're uh, we we really care about what people want to hear, not what we want to talk about. Tyler, we got great stories from this dude. Uh, me, I don't really contribute much except for uh, about 45 minutes in figuring out how the microphones work. But I'll do my best. Um, you know, keep stick with us because we, uh, we are committed. We're going to keep publishing things that, uh, that we think are worth listening to based on your feedback. And, uh, you know, we really want to make this something that, that you guys enjoy.
1: Yeah, seriously, hit us up. We don't care if it's just a question. We'll field it. Who makes a show? It makes a show. I mean, there's nothing like ask us whatever.
0: And before we before we sign off with this second legendary episode of SleepHawk Worldwide Podcast, I got to give a shout out to my man Matt Girard, who really put the first one together. We know there were some issues and I promise you they weren't Matt's fault. Uh, this guy took uh, well he turned water into like I won't say he turned into wine, maybe like Boone's farm. Like he turned <laughs> water into like something drinkable, uh, according to most feedback that we got. So Matt, man, thank you so much for for, for, for <laughs> putting the trash back in the bag um, so that so that people could listen and enjoy it. Guess what, man? We're about to send you another one and ask you to do that shit by tomorrow. Uh, So so Matt, shout out. Uh, Cam, shout out for still being our friend. Dan, shout out for not showing up for the bachelor party. And uh, shout out to everybody who listened. We're going to sign off for this week. We're going to come back next week. We're going to run down the UNC just demolition of UVA Uh, and probably some other cool shit that happened over the weekend. T? Talk to you all later. Later.